replacing uh, missing teeth, do nothing, denture bridge implant. That, that's, this, is, this is classic, okay? How to replace a missing tooth when you're doing consent. Do nothing is always an option. So you must, 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 must always say, you, you know, doing nothing is an option. Even if you're paying, the patient comes in in massive amounts of pain, do nothing is an option. You can say it's not a good option and you should be able to recommend a treatment option. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Consent is like an onion. What does that even mean? Well, you have to listen towards the end of the episode to find out what I meant by consent is like an onion. Now, this episode is going to go in the protrusive hall of fame. Like, think of episode 10. I always refer back to episode 10 with Zach Cara because I know how much you guys loved it because the stats always show me that people are listening to that one again and again and again. That's probably the most repeat listened to episode there is. And I've got a funny feeling that this episode is going to actually surpass that as the most listened to and and repeat listen to and I even I can't wait to listen to it again because there are so many great non-clinical communication gems which I know we all crave. Patrice Rati, welcome back to the Patrice Dental Podcast. I'm your host Jazz Gulati. I've got Sean Sellers and Zach Cara on today and this is going to blow your mind. Some of the laws that we discuss in terms of consenting are specific to the UK but if you're in the US, Australia, around the world we all consent our patients and you will definitely take away some really tangible points on how to be an effective communicator and consent your patients properly. And that does not mean you tell them every single damn option. You'll find out why when you listen. This episode is brought to you by Enlightened Smiles. This is the premium brand of teeth whitening. They guarantee a B1 shade and it's just a slick system. The branding is on point, the packaging is on point. Patients love it. Very low sensitivity from my experiences. And so the reason this is relevant to consent is I did their online training some years ago with Payman Langrudi and it's brilliant. It covers so many points related to consenting our patients properly for teeth whitening, from the white patches that can arise, from the expectations of results, from or, uh, the treatment durations for different cases. For example, tetracycline staining, they have the whole protocol. So do check out their online training. The link for that is protrusive.co.uk forward slash enlighten, and that'll take you straight to the page to book onto their online training. I want to thank Enlighten Smiles and Payman Nungrudi for supporting this podcast. The Protrusive Dental Pearl for you is a gift. It's a PDF gift to you, which Sean Sellers actually made. It's the flowchart for consent, which we discuss in this episode. So if you want to access that, make sure you are a subscriber to my email newsletter. You can do that by going to protrusive.co.uk forward slash emails. And if you're listening to this episode in the future, you will find that email because I'll make it public and you'll be able to download that PDF. Now, just before we join Sean and Zach for a fun chat, let's just take a moment to, to reflect and also say thank you. Okay, so I'll start with a thanks first. Yesterday, it was announced that uh, I've been voted amongst uh, from all you guys, all the peers, as a top 50 dentist. Now, what that means is like the top 50 most influential uh, dentists in the country, I guess, because uh, it's like a UK thing, dentistry.co.uk. So firstly, thank you for, for voting for me. I mean, I really appreciate it. I never asked anyone to vote for me. I kind of have kept quite low-key about this. So it's very sweet of you guys to give up your time and, 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 and vote. Wow. I mean, thank you really from the bottom of my heart for, for doing that. But if I was to go a bit reflective, and um, for the reason I didn't promote it as much as perhaps the people who make these things wanted me to, is uh, one main reason. I'm going to read you a quote. Okay, let me read you a quote. It's a quote from Adam Grant. Okay, it says this. He says this. 
Beware of confusing attention with admiration. Being noticed, i.e. through a platform such as a top 50 voting popularity contest, being noticed isn't a substitute for being respected. Don't mistake recognition for appreciation. Knowing who you are doesn't mean people will value what you do. The point of sharing isn't to gain followers. It's to make a contribution. Let me say that again, it's to make a contribution. And the reason I reflect it in this way is that whilst I'm so thankful for you guys voting for me, I mean, that's really kind. Uh, and thankfully, when I look at that list of top 50, there are so many dentists, like one of my mentors, Riazia, he's contributed so much to occlusion. He's doing these studies with Dahl and it's just uh, amazing. And there's too many to name from Tiff Qureshi and I'm not gonna name any more because I'll get in trouble for missing people out. There's so many great dentists, Raj Ratan, another one who comes to mind in terms of great contributions, dentistry. But remember that there are the unsung heroes in dentistry who make so much of a contribution that aren't recognized in this somewhat of a popularity contest. I'm sorry if that offends anyone. Um, so let's take a moment to think not about the top 50. Let's think about all the people in your life, you as a dentist. Think of the person who's made a contribution to you in the last year. And I want you to message or email uh, this dentist or, or, or colleague or coach or whoever it is and say, listen, you might not be in the top 50 list this year, but that doesn't mean anything to me because you have made a huge contribution to my professional development. And I think it's a great thing to be able to, to thank the people around us who help us so much. Anyway, I am so pumped for you to listen to this. Check it out and I'll catch you in the outro. You're trying to consent that person, but actually you can come across as you've kind of not quite mm -hmm. planned ahead. So careful. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. But the, 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 I think the, the crux of it is sometimes to ask questions to, to validate their understanding, I, I think is, is a good way to, to do it in certain procedures. Um, which leads me nicely to consenting patients. Uh, and um, uh, Sean, I mean, th th this is something that I know you're quite hot on. You've got this PDF that you sent me. Uh, is that something that you're hoping to share with Petrusotti so, as a... Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, for one of my um, assignments um, in my masters, I, I came up with this workflow uh, on on consent. So everyone everyone gets worked up about consent, um, and with some of the changes in the law fairly recently, the way that we have to present consent to patients is is confusing to a lot of people. I think so. My my little workflow, which um, there's a copy here, which I'm well, sure I've you'll just, be able I've to, sent to it give to you on Telegram. Zach, I've that. just forwarded yeah. it to you. Zach. So so I mean, essentially, what you've made here. Just describe to listeners what you've made here. It's a yeah, consent so we've work got, workflow. Mm. So we've got um, the there are a number of sections on 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 the process of 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 gaining consent. Most of which we're we're quite good at, but one of the the difficulties that, that dentists find and healthcare workers find is this idea of balancing risks and benefits of treatment to, to patients. How do we do that in a way where we can ensure that we are getting pretty solid consent at the end of the day? Um, and that changed to a certain extent in the Montgomery ruling, um, which some of you may have heard of. Um, although, if we're being technical, all that Montgomery did was change the law to match the um, guidance from the GDC and the GMC. So we should have been doing this for a number of years already, theoretically. Can you, Sean, for those if that young dentist who may have um, not attended the law and ethics lectures at dental school, um, uh, just, just briefly explain the ramifications of Montgomery and if you were to okay. do like a one paragraph summary of what we need to do in our practice now to make sure that we are consenting effectively, what would that be? Okay, so before Montgomery, 
the amount of information you needed to disclose to patients on the risks and benefits of a treatment was governed by what an average dentist would give to patients. And that sort of ruling was based on the Bolam case in the 50s. So we were consenting to a level that was acceptable in the 1950s which probably mm-hmm. isn't right. Admittedly, the Sidaway case that it came from was 80s, but still, we've changed a lot. Our laws are based on our ethical backgrounds and the way that society accepts things, okay? So Montgomery has changed that. So what Montgomery um, says is that the information that you need to give to patients on the risks and benefits of treatment should be based on what that patient in your chair considers to be important and relevant, as mm-hmm. well as what dentists think is uh, important and relevant so it's a different Mm. level of information disclosure what it doesn't mean is you have to tell patients about every single thing that could possibly go wrong with your treatment it doesn't mean that which is what some consent forms do absolutely and and to be perfectly honest most consent forms aren't worth the paper they're written on Thank goodness, because I don't do that. <laughs> but I should. I, I know. I, I, in the next year or so, one of my things in, in my clinical workflow is to add them, because as Lincoln Harris taught me in one episode, is that people consume information differently. Some people are good listeners. Some people uh, retain more when they're reading things. So it's it's good to uh, cater for all types of people. Uh, but do you use consent forms, uh, both of you? Sean, Zach, do you have consent forms? If so, how do you implement them before we then go deeper into the topic of consent? So like very briefly, yes, we get people to sign on a cleaning pad and um, give them a, a paper copy if they want it. We do a similar sort of thing. We sign off an estimate for certain types of treatments. The main thing that I've been involving, actually, I'm going to pause this. I'm going to pause mine, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you when I, when I present you with an am I naughty if later. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Awesome, awesome. We will do that. Fine. So, fine, you're still using form stuff. So, uh, you mentioned that really well. You described Montgomery perfectly. So, going back to your workflow, you've understood the patient and you've given them the reasonable risk that, you know, you feel they need to know. Uh, and then, therefore, as part of your, a uh, very top of your uh, flow chart, uh, reasonable treatment options. Yeah. Uh, and then, you, you've split that into three. So, I'll let you take over again. You'll do a much better yeah. job than okay. I will. So, so the, the first and most basic thing is to understand what your patient wants out of the treatment, okay? So there's, if, you're, if your patient has come to you and has constantly for years and years and years said, I, the last thing I ever want in my mouth is a denture, okay? And they've got um, a couple of edentulous spaces, say they need to replace a couple of premolars. You might want to mention a denture in passing, but you don't want to spend a lot of time on it necessarily because they don't mm-hmm. want it. Okay, but when you're presenting your treatment options to patients, so replacing uh, missing teeth, do nothing, denture bridge implant. That, that's, this, is, this is classic, okay, how to replace a missing tooth when you're doing consent. Do nothing is always an option. So you must, 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 must always say, you, you know, doing nothing is an option. Even if you're paying, the patient comes in in massive amounts of pain, do nothing is an option. You can say it's not a good option and you should be able to recommend a treatment option. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the law, if you look at all the guidelines... If, Which is something you, people forget, you know? They, people yeah, forget yeah, that. If UC says we can, we can and should recommend mm. something. People often just splattering out eight different options, getting the, you know, to getting patients to pick like some sort of like a, a gamble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Because, because who, yeah, who's the expert in that room yeah. about and go, the dentistry? And they'll go, what would you do? And, and you some do? dentists like, will go, oh, no, I can't tell you that. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. not you. <laughs> so, so the way that I get around that is... Um, I would choose this, but I am not you. 
So so you 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 kind of get the best of both worlds. You can say, look, it's your decision. You do what you like. But I would do this, and this is why I would do this. Mm. So you give you give, again. You've got that story to give. Because X, um, Y, and Z is important to me. That's I mean, yeah, the, yeah. The, the whole thing in medicine. Okay, I'll, I'll let you continue because I, I like where this is going. So then, um, legally and according to the guidelines, you then have to present the risks and benefits of those treatment options equally. So in in so say okay, she's have root treatment. Um, root treatment is going to get out of pain, but it may fail. You get a eighty percent success rate in practice, ninety percent success rate in practice, or you could go see a specialist. And you go through your treatment options even-handedly giving these these risks and benefits of the of the treatment then um you you enter this sort of dialogue phase so you have to sort of have a bit of a chat with your patient and this is where again understanding your patient really comes into its own because some patients will not want to know a great deal about the treatment they just say right what would you do i'm going to get on and do that fine some patients will want to go I, I really don't know. I've, I'm, I need to go and think about this. I need to go and talk to my other half about this. I need to consider this, 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 and the costs and all the and this. And, it, and if you look at all the guidelines, one of the things that is really, really clear is that patients need to be given time to consider their choices. So I had a patient uh, when I was working in Lincoln, he he went down to a large practice in the south of England. I don't know where. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this Protrusive team and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. But he had a completely failing dentition. Um, he was considering implants. I wanted to refer him to Colin, but he didn't want to pay Colin's prices. Fine. No problem at all. Went down, found a practice that um, would do it. He came back to me and said, oh, I went, down, went to that practice um, and they, they did an assessment for me and said right we can do it this afternoon we can do your yeah and and he at that he just went no i'm not i'm not doing it but the the consent process of of that that practice must have been awful because how can you consent to a procedure that is so invasive expensive and um potentially unpredictable because i knew the, the chap's history in a couple of hours you just can't do it so your patient has to be given time and then they'll come back and you can say, right. So the so that is a problem in practice. Actually giving patients that time to think about things is is an issue because you want to be booking that patient in to do the treatment. So the way that I do it mm. is um, I give patients my card. I say, look, this is, these are the pros and cons. We've chatted about that. Here's my card. Um, there's the practice phone number on there. There's my work email address on that. If you've got any questions, give us a ring, drop us an email. What I will do is I will follow up with an email with some information on. Um, so then I will um, either write, sit down and write them an email, which you can do in your own time, which is quite nice. Or um, again, 
plug for Heroku. Um, Heroku Pro has um, uh, letter letters to write to patients and what are called reports. So they can you can essentially template a load of treatments that you've done or you've you've got to do. Say say you want to do an implant for a patient, you can you can say like these are what implants are, these are the benefits and risks of implants, and you can email that to, to the patient and you get read reports. Flynotes mm-hmm. does something very similar. Um, this is very good actually um, and you know that they've digested it and they they get the chance to reply to the the things that have been brought up there so you've got this idea that the patient can sit and think and then contact you to make the appointments as appropriate I think we get hung up about patients making the appointment there and then because they don't need yeah. to at the end of the day, do they? As long as, as long as they book in and get the treatment that they, they need. That's fascinating, Sean, because, uh, and, and, I, and I totally agree with you because th- that is so valid, but I've been on a few um, ethical selling courses, let's call them, uh, communication courses, and you know what they say? Uh, it's like the number one rule of sales that they can't leave the practice without booking something in. They have to book something in. And you think that is just mad, you know? How, but but this is what uh, the gurus are, are, are teaching uh, young so, dentists who... For practice efficiency, for creating workflows, it can be one of the simplest things because then you know that person's in your diary. But you shouldn't be putting them in your diary just for funsies, just because you it's, it's in your benefit and not their benefit. The, the, the thing you should have, if, and this is one thing I learned through, through failure um, as a young associate in a practice with not very many systems, is that you need to have back burner banks of people that you need to follow up. You need to have people on the other end of the spectrum who actually want to see you sooner. You need to have a list of those people. And so you need to be able to dip into that when you've got a short notice, last minute cancellation for an emergency tomorrow. So something happened and you've now got a two hour empty space in the diary. That's why those ethical selling type people will say it's necessary because they want to fill the diary space. But that's not a bad thing as long as you're doing it in the right way. Is that fair to say? So, so. Oh, I've got so many points on that. Um, for, for a start, for a start, there is no such thing as ethical selling. Okay, there's no such thing. Does not exist. Does not exist. One hundred percent. Can we quote this because this is the guy who's absolutely, got a distinction in absolutely. So there are, there are three stages to the consent process. There's um, capacity. Your patient has to have capacity to consent. There's um, the knowledge and information, which is what we've just been talking about. But one of the most important stages of the consent process is that it must be done voluntarily without coercion from anyone. And that includes us. Ethical selling does not exist. That doesn't mean we don't sell. I don't think we sell treatment. I don't think we sell treatment at all. We sell ideas. But most importantly, we sell ourselves. We are the products, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. And the way that we sell ourselves is by making the people in our chairs and the people around us confident that we can carry out that treatment. But ethical selling... Bravo, well said. Ethical selling is bullshit. (laughs) Leave that out if you like. Um, And there are people that have made very, very good money out there repeating um, mantras. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Do not be taken in by that because people can read through it. If people are saying, um, oh, you've got to do this, NLP this, um, it's utter, utter rubbish. Zach, I I know you want to add to that because... um... 
you're, I mean, I don't know if you want to reveal this and, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to Zach, reveal this if you don't want to, but you sent me a really cool thing that you sent your patients or are thinking of sending your patients as a way of checking the understanding and checking consent. Uh, is that something they want, you, you want to yeah, share? Yeah, okay, so am I naughty if, Sean, am I naughty yeah. if I have completely turned what used to be my consent process upside down by using technology? Right. My method with this now is something called a type form. You might have heard of type forms, um, which integrates video, audio, pictures and that kind of stuff, like animation type stuff and words. And what I did is I told myself, OK, if this is a 21st century, right, if I have already got capacity and voluntariness by virtue of the fact that they, this person in front of me is, let's say, consenting for a dental implant or something more complex like orthodontic treatment, something significant then I don't have a paper-based form anymore. I have a, an online type form. And it's a method of gathering that person's understanding progressively through this, but also checking they've actually done that thing and watched it because there are required fields. And you can, by virtue of having done it several times, I now know that it takes at least 15 minutes. So you can't possibly get through that process if it comes up and says, the type form was completed in two minutes. Um, yeah, I need to reconsent that person because it didn't happen. Um, am I naughty? Is that naughty? I think I think I quite like that. The own there's a, a couple of points I would say about that. Go for it. Um, in my patient cohort, it wouldn't necessarily work because I have a load, a load of old dears that 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 have real issues with any kind of technology. <laughs> okay, fair. Okay, but but I really like the idea. I think for that for that um, tech savvy cohort of patients, that's brilliant. That's really really good. You I, can... I've seen it, Sean, and this is like I loved it. I thought it was yeah, so yeah. so detailed, but not over detailed. Uh, it was very visual. It was so easy to follow, uh, and so I'm a big fan of it. There but, were also know, we were... elements where you know when sometimes you're trying to consent somebody for something, but because of stuff that's happened in your day, this goes back to earlier in the conversation. Mm. You're maybe not on top form and you didn't explain it in the way and you look back and you go oh that was all right but it wasn't me on my a game well if i've kind of scripted most of this and i have a short one minute video for this is what root resorption is and how why you need to know about it or what the relevance in your case is but i've also then embellished and customized that particular thing for that particular patient then my sort of understanding of see one of the things i struggle with in dentistry is that there's no rule book we're no. all trying to evolve ourselves as human beings every day and there is no recipe but actually oh. if you stick to the core values and principles behind why you're doing it which is truly because my heart is in trying to make the process better not because i'm trying to skimp on it then actually i don't know what was your other point that you're going to make am i naughty so I'm trying to justify so just it here from what just know just from what you said um i i also have this this real issue i used to be i i'm big into pro, what i call protocolization that I can't really sell is having having checklists for things so so the way that I I I and this is off topic sorry the way I look at things if you're going on a plane you are reassured that this flying piece of tin is going to stay in the air because the pilot and co-pilot have walked around done their walk around they've ticked everything off and everything is safe we don't do that in dentistry so much because, well, I, I, I think it's partly an ego-driven thing in that, well, I don't need a list of things to, to, to tick off because it's all in my head. But, but heads, are, heads go wrong all the time. You miss mm-hmm. things out. The amount of times that you've, you've 
you've forgotten to pick up the bond but when you're doing a composite and your nurse just gives you a nudge and says, do you want, do you want that bond mm-hmm. now? Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. you, know, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I Or your nurse few... skips the edge or forgets the edge and you have to Yeah, yeah, her. exactly. So, yeah, it works both ways. Um, so I, I was, a few years ago, I was really into, right, we need to put protocols into everything, 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 everything. And I think there's still a real place for that. Getting getting protocols for checkups, getting examinations, getting protocols for doing composites, getting protocols for doing this, and then actually documenting it well in your notes so you can change your protocols all the time. Because just because you've got a, a way of doing things doesn't mean that's the set where you're going to do things forever. It has to can constantly be reviewed and changed if needed. Um, I've completely forgotten where I was going. With Can I just jump no, in? But we don't... Yeah, go on. No, go on, no, go on. You've got it there. No, 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 no. no <laughs> I was no, going to jump sorry. in and ask I, another naughty ear. Am I naughty ear? Because this is another thing that I do. We have a perio protocol in our practice. Mm. Am I naughty if I simply quote the protocol in my notes? Treatment re- um, recommended. Oh, so yeah, Smart so stories I think, protocol for periodontal treatment, grade I, A, phase, stage yeah, I think, one, I phase think you're okay as six, long as you've whatever got. Whatever it's called these days. Yeah, yeah. As long as you've got <laughs> Not access that. to Look that. Look at the Ian Dunn one you've... for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, so what you what you need to do as long as your protocol is dated. So if it changes, it's been updated. So if you've got a, so for example, in at the moment with COVID that's going on. We have um, we've got our SOP that that it's a specific practice SOP. It currently runs to about fifty pages because I helped put it together. Therefore, it's quite intense. Um, and um, being the tech nerd that I am, I've it's now on version five point one. Um, okay, <laughs> I love you, and I'm disgusted with you all at once. <laughs> So, so in my notes, um, when we first came back, it was at version three, I think, 3.0. So in the notes, and I've got all of those um, different updates to the SOP on my Dropbox in my hard drive. So I referenced the version of the SOP in the notes. That is so clever. So you could theoretically, yeah, as long as you've got a store of all the protocols and how they've updated over time, I can't see why you shouldn't be able to refer to those protocols as long as um, you've got some reference to the exact protocol that you were referring to. So if, it, if it's then changed, you can justify, well, actually, yes, we've changed the way that we're doing things because we've got an updated protocol to do things. Zach, I do the same thing sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm naughty if, but I am naughty. But um, for adhesive protocols, sometimes I write standard adhesive protocol follow because I'm sick of writing or, or copy and pasting because it's, it's, you can see it check on my notes, the same protocol I do yeah. every time. But then I've got a protocol somewhere. But I, what I'm really going to take away from what you said, Sean, there is if I update it, have different versions. So if you go back on my notes, you'll see that two years ago, it might have been V1, uh, V1 and then now it could be like uh, V5.1, like surround, surround sound. Uh, so uh, yes, that sounds good. I, I like that. I'm going to definitely pinch that. What else are we talking about? Oh, yes, patience. So patience. So my old dears probably wouldn't be so hot on the um on the the type form but there's definitely a a a subset of patients that that would be brilliant for the other thing that is really important is to remember that consent isn't a one-time issue consent is a process okay so that chat that i'm having with my patient before they get in get into the nitty-gritty of the appointment that's my consent process for that appointment Mm-hmm. So you've so they understand um, 
They understand the risks and the benefits of the um, treatment because we've talked about that or we've sent them an email or they've gone through your, your whizzy videos or whatnot. But you check that on the day as well because if there's anything that, that, that they haven't quite grasped or you need to clarify, you need to clarify it then before you're halfway taking your tooth out, don't you really? Um, and remember, patients can withdraw that consent at any time. Um, although, yeah, the, there's going to be times where that's a bit tricky when you've got an upper rate that's half out or you've got a tooth that's sectioned or, or whatnot. So um, is it naughty? Absolutely not. It's brilliant. But it just needs a little bit of, uh, care. like everything else. Yeah, a bit of care and attention. Mm. Don't we all? Mm. Okay. Have you got any more, Zach? Oh, um... Not on the tip of my tongue. Go on. Okay. Am I naughty if, if for my um, clear aligner patients, and let's just call them Invisalign patients because... That's what I use. Let's be out there. Uh, for my Invisalign patients... Um, sponsorship, sponsorship. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will uh, email them, each one individually, say that um, their unique thing that's unique about them, their risks. Like, hey, by the way, Miss Smith, you are a very big risk of black triangles in particular. And then everyone will get the same video of me talking through the 16-point things that you should know before you start Invisalign. So YouTube video, that's a private link that only my patients can see and I'll email them. And it goes through generically 16. But in my email, I would say, you should watch this video. Please watch the video and reply back to me. But pay particular attention to points three and point eight because they are most relevant to you. Am I naughty if I do it that way? I quite like that. Again, I think... How can you prove they've watched it? How can you prove, prove they've understood it? Re the reply, the re yeah, the understood bit, you know, that's where your type form it works better because it, it, it has a bit more responsiveness. So, so but, but here's my, my rationale. is like me speaking at them for those eight minutes versus me speaking at them at the leisure of the time while they're having coffee there or whatever that. at yeah, home. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's me speaking what they're, yeah, they're listening to me, right? I've only been and using my method benefit. for the last two weeks and for the, the, for using that method, the feedback I've had so far was, that was awesome. I got to watch it in my own time. I got to share it, share it with my partner. Mm. We saw the video of my tooth movements before I started. We kind of understood this was the right decision for me. Awesome. Yeah, the, the guy that comes and does implants in our practice, he, um, he does a lot of video consults now, but he'll also record a specific video for the patient and often for me as well, just to say, so he said, right, Loom? Smith. Using Loom? Um, oh no, I've, I'm using Loom for some other oh, bits. Like I'm not Loom. sure what he uses actually. Loom's I quite love good. Loom, Loom yeah, is really good, clever. yeah. But he'll um, he'll you know, sit down and, and just go through treatments for patients. Obviously, he's done however many of these, so he he's just picking these stock phrases to a certain extent. But because you're you're picking those stock phrases in the specific um, order and specific need for that patient it becomes very tailor-made and, and it's it's a really good service so yeah using that kind of technology is is really good it's really good brilliant have you heard have you guys heard this thing about consent being like an onion why is it always oh, onions with you we're chopping it onions you cry, yeah. we're, we're chopping onions we're gardening we're doing many things <laughs> listening to the podcast and now jazz is going to call consent an onion fantastic <laughs> I like how Sean said it because it makes you cry. Okay, let me share this one. This was actually from, um, uh, we were just winding up here, but because um, I want one more thing I want to ask you is how you use fly notes because you mentioned it in briefing, but I want to know more about, more about fly notes. But just on the last thing uh, about uh, consent, but, uh, there's so much more I want to talk about though. But we, me and Zach have another podcast recording about equilibration uh, in 11 minutes. Important <laughs> stuff, Sean, important <laughs> stuff. Don't bother talking about consenting stuff. I, Let's just I mean, that's tickle completely tea. the Let's wrong. Tickle just tea. tickle a few teeth. <laughs> Equilibration, no, no, I mean, uh, onions, onions, sorry, onions, onions. Um, the, the way consent is like an onion, this is from Raj Rattan, right? Uh, consent is like an onion because it has many layers, right? So your yeah. patient turning up at the appointment is the initial layer. Then your patient having a seat and opening their mouth is another layer. 
your patient having signed the consent form is another layer. And then your, your, your patient, you telling your patient uh, and, and reminding them of the risk is yet another layer. So it, it's not just one thing. And I really like this onion analogy because it, it's a multi-layer and it's not just one signature on a piece of paper. It's not just one type form that you do. It's those number of things that, that, that go together. Yeah, I really like that. And I think, so, so just to, to add to that, um, with with I don't I don't get particularly concerned about consent because um, at the end of the day, if you've got the patient on your side and they know what you're doing and you know what you're doing, it's very very rarely going to be a problem. The only time it's a problem is if you've got a disgruntled patient or you've got a vexatious patient. You are never ever going to be able to stop a patient who is deliberately going to complain about you from complaining. That is impossible. You, you can learn and veneer to avoid patients, them. by the way. Veneer patients are crazy. Small <laughs> but but you but for the vast majority of the patients to sit in your chair, as long as you have a good relationship with them, consent isn't going to be a huge issue. Um, the other thing is that the reason that we gain consent for patients, or we, we go through the consent process, I should say, is because we are messing around with patients' bodies. And patients have a right to know and understand what's going to go on with their bodies that someone else is going to do. That's the basis of consent. And that's why consent really has changed over the years, because back in the 80s, back in the 50s, it was this very paternalistic view. Doctor knows best, dentist knows best, open your mouth, get on with it. Society has changed and society has changed for the better. We are much more in control of our own health care and our own um, the treatment that we have. So we should know more about our treatment. If we were in that position, if we're in the position of a patient, if I was sat in your dental chair, there'd be a certain amount of information that I would want to know from the dentist carrying out my treatment. So why shouldn't it be like that for the patient that is sat in my chair? Mm -hmm. Damn right. It's all about mutual trust and mutual relationships. It's, it's all about people. And, and this is why I love... Um, the times that you've invited me on your podcast jazz because communication is everything and everything is communication that's just how every aspect of dentistry works right which is just at the beginning as sean said you know this is doesn't matter how good you are with your hand skills it's all about uh, like we said at the beginning how you make people feel and and the communication aspect the non-clinical is, is, is the everything um sean i'm gonna ask you two things now fly notes just what is fly notes you've mentioned it before i don't know what fly yeah. notes is Flights is a digital tool uh, specifically to gain can help and gain consent with patients. It's brilliant. It's really, really good. Again, it's a template-based system. So you choose the procedure or procedures that you're doing. You can select the specific risks and benefits of that treatment. Um, edit the edit the text to go along with that. Then package it together. Email it over to the patients. Patients can read it. Um, they then you get a link back saying that your patients have received it, a link back saying that your patients have read it, and they get the opportunity to um, sign their consent forms digitally and ask any questions. It's really very As good. a fair counterbalance, I really looked into Flynotes and I didn't like one aspect of it, which is that um, it's very wordy. It's all it about words wording. and yeah. there's no yes, picture yeah. element, there's no video element, there's no interactive element. So it's, so that's it's for the why visual I, yeah. learners and for the wordy people. So that's why I mm -hmm. tend to use Kuroku Pro a little bit more mm -hmm. where you can add pictures in and, that, and that kind of thing. I also know that Bryant Dental are about to launch some kind of 
similar system. I haven't seen anything about that, but if Connor or any of the uh, the Bryant people want to hit me up, <coughs> um, they are more they are, they are more than welcome to send me a, a link to have a look at that. That'd be good. I'm sure they will. Uh, chaps, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you both. Sean, thanks for giving up your time and sharing some of the, the gems that you learned for your masters and also just conversational gems and uh, a little bit about how you uh, speak with your patients, which are the, the real details that are the producer trying to really love. They want to know about what are the things that we say which is why Zach is so popular and we always love you ha- having you back on Zach and uh, no, the return that. of Am I Naughty If was, was very special uh, gentlemen thank you so much and I look forward to catching you both again soon Jazz one thank last thing Sean needs a plug of course absolutely Sean what are your uh, what are we plugging are you, have you got a course no podcast no. I mean, there's only so many commutes to, uh, to, to work and back, but obviously <laughs> po- po- the producer obviously know full well that they listen to the producer of the podcast, but there is also one other no, no, podcast absolutely. out there. Incisive, oh. No, 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 no. Incisive, decisive. And, and, and it's great to have you, Sean, on, on our little Telegram group as well. And I'm more than happy for you to post, post your episodes on there, man. You know that. Oh, man. So, so Incisive, decisive is the uh, original and best dental podcast <laughs> on, on, on ethics and philosophy <laughs> and dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and Colin Campbell, we, we're on a long-term hiatus, partly due to COVID, partly due to me moving. But we've recorded some, we have recorded some new episodes. We are sporadic at best. I'm trying to get those edited. I've, but that's a long story. Um, yeah, it's uh, incisivedecisive.com. I really enjoy it. So jump on that for sure. And uh, the banter that you guys have, Colin and you, are, are great. It's, it's significantly more sweary. Than <laughs> <today>. <laughs> well, there's a Scotsman involved. Of course there is. Of course it is. <laughs> Well said. Well, I'll definitely uh, add the link for those who haven't listened to it, Incisive Decisive. So new episodes coming. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Uh, so uh, thank you very much, Zach, for that. And thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. There we have it, guys. Wow. What an episode. So many gems, I think. You're going to have to come back and listen to it again, right? I think it's one of those where you're just going to like, you know, curl up one day in bed and just listen again. And then you're going to listen to it again. And this time you can take notes. And uh, by the way, the transcripts of all the episodes are on the website. So if you ever miss anything or you want to see exactly what they're saying, they're about 99% accurate. Okay, so bear with me. Uh, I try and do what I can. Uh, So don't hold me accountable for slight inaccuracies in terms of spellings and stuff. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end, as you always do. If you found this of value, please share it with the dentist your practice please please share it with your colleagues please share it on social media shout about it from the top of the tree tops i'd say that carefully Uh, and if you're watching on youtube please hit subscribe and if you're listening please consider leaving me a rating thanks so much and i'll catch you in the next episode